Hi, everybody. Welcome to Great Questions, Great Conversations. I'm your host, Mike Westendorf. And today uh, I am joined by a very special person to me. Uh, I think that as you get a chance to to know her and we kind of mull around on the topic that we're going to be talking about today, that you'll you'll enjoy her as well. But this is my cousin, uh, Tanya Callback. Um, I... Uh, we, our, our dads were best friends and, um, we were, I was on a little bit of a tour this summer. Uh, we haven't seen each other in person in like, I think it was when you're on. Yeah. Too long. Um, yeah, I think it was when Aunt, Aunt Fid went to heaven. Um, mm-hmm. but we started talking about a number of different topics. And as we were getting kind of caught up, uh, you shared, a reality that you're working through uh, in your life. And I said, oh my goodness, this is a topic that I would really like to talk about. In fact, I'm struggling with the topic right now and maybe together. And in the course of our conversation, it was helpful for me and um, I'd like to explore it today. But before we jump into our topic today, uh, could you just, I guess, introduce yourself, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, who you are, what what you're doing in, in that classroom that you're in right now. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, cousin to Mike and I've had great childhood memories going camping and visiting and yeah. Um, grew up with a dad who was a pastor and um, four younger sisters. And so church was always a high priority. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward, I got married. I'm 30 years married and we have three kids. And um, our oldest is 29, teacher, um, married to a pastor in Overland Park, and second daughter is 26, and she is a social media marketer in Texas. And our youngest blessing, surprise blessing, out of the blue surprise (laughs) blessing, (laughs) 13 years later is our boy. (laughs) And um, so Nick is 13, and because he came along so much later, we revisited the idea of foster care. And so we did foster care for quite a few years um, in Texas. Then we moved up here and I am now teaching in uh, Jerusalem Lutheran school in their preschool. Mm-hmm. And I have the three, four class and, uh, and loving it, thoroughly loving it. I yeah. can't believe they paid me for this job. That's how much of my love. But so <laughs> Tanya is also a major prayer warrior too. Um, you are one of the people that if if I say, "Hey, we could really use some prayers," or you'll reach out and say, "Hi, how can I pray for you?" Uh, I know you're one of the people who spends some real time with Jesus, and um, I really I've always appreciated that about you. It set an example for me. So, um, thank you. Yeah. So Tanya has a has a huge huge heart, and the and the conversation that we jumped into is a it's this is a challenging one, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the 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 title that I haven't given it a full YouTube title yet or a, a podcast title, but the basic idea is the tension between church worship and family athletics. Uh, so worshiping uh, together on a Sunday and the challenge of family athletics. Uh, when we were in high school, um, amateur athletics was kind of in its infancy. Like I remember AAU uh, kind of being the starting point where club sports hadn't really taken mm-hmm. over. Uh, if you went to a grade school, uh, you played on the grade school team. You didn't have a traveling club team that you played in. And then maybe you'd go to your school team. Uh, your high school team was like the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
you know, you, you, as, as time has progressed, club teams started to amp up and uh, sports in America, the multi-million dollar contracts of professional athletes and even amateur athletes. And now you fast forward to the day of uh, in college athletics, some of you won't know what I'm talking about, but NIL, the name and license name and image licensing that's happening in college athletics, which means that a college student um, athlete can make hundreds of thousands of dollars while playing college football as a job, um, the, the, the money starts to kind of creep down in a little bit. And so there becomes more and more emphasis about the com- competitiveness. And now you, you unless you were in cl- club sports in grade school, the chance of making high school varsity is like slim to none. That starts to become some of the pressure. And so this has all been, it's been kind of a slow ramping up. It's been there. Um, we both work in a church. We both love the church. We both love being a part of the church. And um, my kids are older. My youngest is just out uh, out of high school now, and yours is just about to head in. But your situation uh, with uh, your son so much younger than your daughter's, and I, I felt this a little bit too with Thomas as the olders are going over. And my my youngest brother, I'm I'm 13 years older than my youngest brother. I remember seeing him, like, like things are just, it's just different, and how the family functions and diff- is different. And I can remember Nate getting away with stuff, and I, I looked at my dad. I was like, dude, dad, you would never let us get away with that. And my mom turns to me and she goes, Mike, we're tired. <laughs> can see and chris saying that so that was my mom mike we're tired and then my dad was like um it's the youngest different separated we we have to pastor uh, you know parent differently and so this is all a setup kind of for this conversation of um on the church end from a i'm you know i'm a professional christian some people would say because i work in a church environment my heart hurts because in so many instances I don't see our families on any kind of regular basis. And it's for somebody who loves to create serving opportunities and community in and through Christian connection through the body of Christ. I miss that. And when our eighth graders, for example, are involved in uh, AV, but then they get into high school and the high school, I, I know how this goes. You know how it goes. It's like whatever speed you thought you were running at in grade school multiply that by 10 for freshman year and then multiply it by about a hundred for senior year mm-hmm. and then multiply that by however many kids you have. It's like impossible to keep up. And so what we would see though, and again, this is the, this is the professional works in a church guy. All of a sudden I lost my contact with these kids that had been serving and that had some potential. And as a person who does young adult ministry, we lost their voices and I would oftentimes look over and say, what am I losing them to? And it was athletics. Mm-hmm. And so we started to, ha- it, you start to to develop a rivalry that's happening here. And because the sinful nature is what it is, we tend to start judging. And then there's pushback and defensiveness. And then we get defensive. And then all of a sudden, we're not having a conversation. And mm-hmm. everybody was listening. This was the backdrop for the conversation that we, Tanya and I had. Because I just appreciated your honesty about where you guys are at. So would you be willing to just share a little bit about sure. the the tension that exists for you as somebody who loves the church, but is trying to also love your son and 
Christian community for him and just quite frankly, how it developed. How did you yeah. get to this place? So, um, yeah, all that. I mean, I feel it. I really feel that. And then um, for me, the thing I'm going to talk about, too, is, is you have on the on one of the things pulling kids are video games. And so, mm. you know, keep that in the back of your mind, too, that, you know, some of this busyness is intentional to try to keep them moving and not just sitting and playing video games. So anyway, let me oh, start. Sure. The, oh, that actually, yeah. I'm going to time out because that's actually really yeah. important. That's I like context. That's a really important context point. Cause I, I feel you on that. Um, yeah. We don't want to see our kids sitting on devices all day. How do we keep them active? When you and I, we grew up in neighborhoods where we just played with the neighborhood kids because we didn't have this. Okay. That's an important yeah. Yeah. And it didn't start. Yeah. It didn't start out that way. When we moved here to Chicago, um, it was just uh, his friend group at the, at the grades, at their Christian grade school, they were all playing house ball. And so signed him up for house ball and, you know, he's a little behind. What's house ball? It's just the city league, you know, the no cuts, no tryout, just sign up. They'll put you on a team. And then yeah. they do like a spring ball, summer ball, fall ball. Okay. And um, so that's where he started. And he had a great coach, great experience, no games on Sunday. I was going to say, what was the commitment level like for yeah. practices and games in that that space? Um, it still was probably uh, maybe two times a week with a game um, at the most. And then when it got really busy in the season, it'd just be games and then they'd throw in a practice here or there if they could manage it but it was mainly just a few games here and there okay um and then and so uh we go through that the first year and the next year same coach great guy have tons of respect for him um but he uh began to think about starting a travel team in morton grove and so he talked to me that he you know a couple players that he'd had now for at least a couple seasons and then Nick for the one season. And um, at the time we had that conversation. Mm-hmm. I said, well, how many Sundays would this involve? He said, Oh, very few. I said, okay, well then yeah, we're absolutely interested. Sure. Nick will try out. So COVID hit that next year, Nick made the team practice league. He wasn't very good. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, and so um, it progressed and no, there were no games on Sunday. In fact, because we have um, th- through like the spring and the fall, we do eight and um, 11. It was very easy to make the eight go oh, to church you, you, together. You, you mean church services. You had at eight yep. o'clock and 11 o'clock. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was very easy to make it and didn't even come close to getting in the way of it. Then the next year um, made the team again, practice squad. and. Um, and again, it didn't inter- interfere with the Sunday service, except for now they added two tournaments. So now we missed two Sundays, one away and then one um, was because we were traveling. Yeah. And so, OK, OK, we can do two Sundays. OK, that's all right. Yeah. Now we're so we're th- but we're, we're three years. Yeah. That, so it's three years and we haven't two had years. an issue. Yeah. Three years. We haven't had an issue. And what's yeah. happening for for for. Uh, Nick, um, in in terms of relationships, and, and what are you guys noticing in terms of relationships with with parents and things like that? 
Oh, definitely. Well, because, um, you know, coach had had these boys and took them on to his travel team. Um, anybody who tried out made that team again the next year, you know, like there's, there was a loyalty to the kid and then vice versa. Now the kids have now played together. Yeah. So now fast forward and we're on to this last year. And now Nick has been in it for, this was his fourth year of travel. And then, um, is that right? Or is it his third? Could be his third one, two. Yeah, no, it's his fourth because it was 2020, 2021, yeah, 2022, yeah. 2023. Yeah, right, right. it was his fourth year. And um, and as an organization, they are now getting more renowned because, you know, part of it, too, was that they were starting it. This yeah. house, this um, travel team. Yeah. It wasn't something that was already established. And so now we're invited to quite a few tournaments in this last summer. There was it was the first summer, but there were so many times that it fell on a Sunday morning at eight o'clock. Yeah. And we have church our Sunday, our summer services at nine 30. Oh yeah. So, yeah. You know, it was a little bit later, but it was fine. Cause normally if they played on a Sunday, they played at one before noon at the worst. And so you'd be like, okay, you know, get your snack quick out the door after church, right. you know, say hi, bye. And then we're out, you know, that right. kind of thing. But, right. <laughs> um, so a couple things though, um, also with this level though, if you don't if you don't know if you're playing, then you've signed up for the tournament because you don't know. You don't know if they're gonna win. What are they gonna play like? And it's all based on advancing the next game, the next game, the next right. game, right? Yep. right? So if you don't show up and you were signed up to play, it's an out every time you're up to bat for the team. So every time he comes up in rotation, that's an out for them. If he is not there and he's on the roster. So you have to know about 48 hours in advance, whether you're going to be there or not. Well, you don't know that. I've never heard of that rule. Yep. So you can't, part of it is that you can't just, um, you know, like if you have a kiddo who's not hitting really well. Yeah. And he's on the roster, but he's not hitting really well. You can't just slice them. You can't put somebody out of order, um, stuff like that. It will be an automatic out for the team. So he, so, so then the, the coach has to make, uh, basically has to say, this is my roster 48 hours in advance. And so if you've said yeah. that you're there and he's counting on you, then yeah. you gotta, you gotta be there. There's a commitment. Yeah. There's a commitment. And, um, and a penalty and a penalty for the team if you don't show up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so now, yeah. So then this last year. It was very much trying to weigh, trying to weigh how do we best honor God? Because now we've been with these people for, you know, for some of them, for sure, four seasons. Some even that fifth season when he was still in house ball, some of the, you know, he played. Yeah. So they all know we're Christians. There's, they know it. They know it from Nick. They know it from me who talks a lot. Mm -hmm. And, um, (laughs) You know, so there's no, that's been established. So now how do we, how do we represent Christ in a way that's honoring him and honoring also the the commitment Nick made to the team? So that's kind of the struggle. And, and I, I guess I, I say that, but I don't want, um, you know, I don't, I don't want complete pass on it because 
it doesn't sit well. You know, the the verse in Hebrews that says, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, um, that weighs heavy. Because I know that's where, you know, this is this the church and that um, the the commitment to be there the um the the days when you're too tired and you're like oh my goodness i can't wake up um those are the most important times when you have put it as something that is so important that how i'm feeling doesn't actually matter because i just want to be there because that's how i honor god yeah um, yeah so i know that is so important and i see it played out with my girls right because that's you know sarah was 16 courtney was 13 when nick was born so and they never were in a sport like this. You know, right. they did, Courtney did golfing and it was, you know, tournaments on Saturday. So right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> never, never worried about it. Um, and, and so, but I see the effect of us being faithful to church because they are faithful church goers now. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah, because she's a, because, um, you know, Seth's the pastor and she's right. the pastor's wife and, there's but certainly Courtney, an incentive there. Yeah. <laughs> but Courtney also, who has no, you know, she she does some social media marketing for the church, but that's all. Yeah. Um, so the fact that they are so committed to their church reminds me how important it is. So, so I would say to anyone listening who struggles with seeing parents make choices that maybe you would not yourself make is that give grace because um, it doesn't always sit well with us either. Hmm. So, you know, I think what's cool is that second half of that verse talks about encouraging Hmm. them to come. Yeah. And, and so I think if, if that's the one thing I would say, encouraging to be there because um, we missed it too. That's, I again, I hope you all are hearing the hearing the heart on this. Um this is why I wanted to talk about it. Cause this is this is a topic that comes up in every pastor, every church is wrestling with this because so many children and so many um families are gone sometimes for weeks at a time, uh, where mm-hmm. we don't have an opportunity. And we do know, and I work in young adult ministry, you know, you have uh kids that are moving out of that, your your oldest ones are moving out of that 18 to 25, but there's a lot of of things that um, could be really helpful, and I will I will admit too. And I think most of us, if we're honest, Christians and church people, we know that we have not done young adult ministry well at all. We have oftentimes too too been too quick to dismiss their ideas, not given them and trusted them with opportunities to actually lead and make a difference in ways that might be a little scary for all of us who are older. Um, we haven't taken the time. Uh, when they were in high school to maybe go to a game when we had a, a Friday night and we could have invested in it. So there's definitely things from a church standpoint that I'm seeing that we can and have needed to do better. So I'm not saying that, hey, if you just have your kids show up to church, that automatically gives them a pass on 18 to 25. They're going to get through <laughs> it with no problems. They won't have any questions about God. <laughs> going to be by the time and and even if they go away for a little bit they're going to be right back at, the, at 26 years old just like that that is not how that works either I, i've seen kids and in fact i was praying with a friend who was talking about siblings who are in their 30s who are deconstructing their faith and part of 
his thought was, I wonder if they ever expressed those doubts and processed them when they were younger. And now there's layers of adult junk that is sitting to reaffirm the reason to not believe this, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so sometimes that we, we, by being in the church, but not in a, not in a place where we can ask hard questions or even express doubts or find grace for the times we've really screwed it up. Um, we can just put our Christian face on and then be 50 years old and have a faith meltdown because we never dealt with it when we were younger. So please do hear that. I'm not saying that, you know, everybody who attends every week gets a free pass, but the statistics that, you know, are, are, are overwhelmingly, you know, um, that, that where we put our time and energy, um, you get a return on in your investment. Um, the Bible is clear on that. You reap what you sow. Uh, don't be surprised when you see some of these things. However, we are also to be the salt and the light in a dark world. And Christians who stay inside the four walls of the church fail on the Great Commission. And and so in, in our church, what we've talked about, this idea of family church, the way that I like to, to help people think about it is when a, a Christian man and a Christian woman uh, are married uh, before God and, and the witnesses who are there, uh, they have formed the smallest functioning church. It's a body of Christ with two unique individuals, uniquely gifted to fulfill the Great Commission and to be able to walk hand in hand with Jesus into that life in the future, right? And if a child is brought into it, a child's first experience and deepest expression of the church is the family. Uh, whether you believe this or not does not matter. This is gravity. It's law. It's This is the reality. Um, so the question is whether or not we'll actually try to do it well and and understand what it means to be a pastor or not. I didn't start really getting serious about it until I was into my 30s and my kids were like 10 and, and 8 and 4. Um, so the family church is a very real thing. And I like to say it this way. If the big C church is kind of like a hospital for the community, could my family church be a clinic for my neighborhood? Mm, I and- like that, Mike. It rephrases the idea of, you know what, I'm not going to rely on St. Paul's to do the ministry that only I can do in my neighborhood. Yeah. And now I join more intimately and personally with the mission of Christ because they are the people that I walk my dogs past Mm -hmm. and I get to know on a first name basis and a whole bunch of them aren't Jesus people. Um, but kind of to your point, they might know. I say all that to, to say two questions that I have for you. If you're in a season um, where um, you're wrestling with the, how do I be a Christ follower and be a part of the ecclesia, the assembly, and yet how do I um, be a light in the world? And it just so happens that this community of people that we just happened to grow up with when it wasn't an issue before. And I, this was the aha for me when you were talking, uh, it wasn't like that, but then it became a traveling team and it was, so wasn't like that, but then it started to become something more. And now we've got deep roots with real human beings and my kids have that. So my question is twofold. One would be as a family church, how do you as a family prioritize it so that your son um, 
is in contact with the means of grace. Um, how, how do you, how do you wrestle with that? How do you do that as a family? And then number two, what opportunities do these seasons of travel, um, offer you that people like me should know about? So, um, the first one, um, I think kind of what you said is, is Nick seeing Sean and I open up the Bible by ourselves, but then also as a family. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, we, we try to do devotion at night together as a family. And then, um, in the morning, um, I really like, it's just a shameless plug, but I really love pastor Patterson's reason for hope oh, his, yeah. his book, um, um, Rising, I think it's called Rising with Jesus. It's super short. I swear there may be a minute. Okay. So there's no excuse to not do that in the morning as we're running out the door. So there's a quick prayer and um, Bible verse and then a quick prayer and then maybe a thought afterwards. And a deeper, if I have time, there's also additional reading. Um, But yeah, so um, yeah, I love John 15 where I'm the vine, you're the branches, but um, part of that is remain in me, um, because in in doing that, um, now ye are clean through the word that I've spoken unto you. That's the King James Version. I'm yeah, sorry. Right, I know right. that's <laughs> way you, old. You remember what you learned it from. No. Again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but I keep that in mind. Or or the Psalm verse, um, thy word I have hidden my heart that I will not sin against thee also King James, I know, but, um, you know, those, those things where I'm like, Lord, if we can keep, if we can keep as a family in the word, um, not, and, and here's kind of to that point of, um, you can lead someone to the, to water and not make them drink, you know, that kind of thing is, is understanding that when I do these things, um, even if that sinful thought in my head is I have to do this, Lord, prevent it from ever crossing my lips so that Nick only knows that at least only sees from me a joy in, in getting around Jesus word. So, um, not to say that I do that perfectly. Right, <laughs> there are days where I'm like, sit down quick. We got to get this done. Um, <laughs> get some Jesus in you. Let's go <laughs> smash it. We'll pray in the car. We've <laughs> done right. that before. <laughs> yeah. We've done that before too, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so that, and then I, I have always appreciated when churches offer um, services, not to say that we can make all of them, you know, like an, an, uh, an off day service. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really, really appreciate that. Cause it's a, it's a way, and maybe that's the advertisement <laughs> for mm. those of you who have kiddos in, in sports, this is a great opportunity to, to get together and, you know, come out and, you know, Thursday night, whatever. Monday, Monday evening, you know, before I get down to the next question, let me run with one more question. What is the value of so, so many of us are streaming services now, so you can participate live or you can still participate afterward. Um, What is, is that a good thing for people who are in your setting and, and what's the, what's the pro and what's the con in your opinion of the online um, church experience, right. As, as it exists today. So we really enjoyed it during COVID, but we really noticed how much we needed to be around people hmm. while we were doing it. Um, it was funny because um, we we don't use it for 
for the whole travel thing. I and mean, every once in a while we'll, if we can't, if there's no way we can get to the Thursday or whatever, then we'll pull out a sermon from somebody and then listen. But um, through the COVID thing, this was interesting. We sat, we sang, we did everything just like in church yep. for the first couple months. Yep. And then the next couple of months, we noticed that I would go make coffee and then I go get that coffee during church, you know, and then we come sit down. And then towards the end, before we opened, because it was about a year before yeah. we opened back up. Um, yeah, it would be, you know, you'd start it and then we'd all trickle in. It yeah. was just a, and it was funny, not just me, Sean noticed it too. We were like, yeah, we need to get back to church. <laughs> 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 Accountability sitting in the pew and not getting up and doing throwing in a load of laundry or you know, starting the <laughs> coffee pot, you know, it, it was, it, mm. it was really interesting to see. And I think, you know, kind of going back to that verse in Hebrews as some are in the habit of doing. And I think that's the scary part, you know, the scary part of the whole thing is that, um, and just to know our own selves, right. To be looking in that mirror and being like, Lord, I, I, I have a, I will have a tendency to make anything bad a habit. Oh, just, yeah, that's right. me. Mm -hmm. So Lord, then help me to never let it get there. Right. To, yeah. to, to be pricked by the conscience that whatever it is, you know, you can put in your X, Y, Z, whatever sin it is. But for us, this, in this season, it was missing church. So that's, uh, I really appreciated the way that you said it. Two things. A, you have you have to know yourself. I mean, there are people who are on the go. Like I know people who will run and they will listen to whole books, you know, or listen to sermons yeah. and they get a lot out of running and worshiping in that way. Um, so, uh, you know, not a blanket statement here, but but that if you notice that you're on, if if online worship is where you're at and you notice the slide to moseying in and then laundry and distraction and other things, it's probably time to get back and, and, yeah. and, and spend a little bit of time with people. Um, and I will say, I love the sermons for devotion. Mm -hmm. Like we'll put them on when we're in the car and it's great. I get yeah. tons out of it, you know, like, or, or when I'm doing the dishes or whatever, I'll put it on. I get, I get tons out of it. It's not that I don't, but it can't, it couldn't for our family. Yeah. Take the place of going to church, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> Which That's actually, cool. no, I scratch that. Not unfortunately. Fortunately. Thank you, Jesus, because I need to be around my people because they need to see me and I need to see them. I need to be part of their life and, you know, ask how the kids are doing and how, you know, how the ankle's feeling, you know, whatever. I need right. to be walking alongside them because in the end, um, if something comes up, they're the people I call. I don't have family and I don't have family in town. These churches, my family, they're my, they're my peeps. So, yep. you know, I got to take care of them. They got to take care of me. <laughs> that, 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 that's the idea of the functional family. And the, the thing in this season, as we've been um, <laughs> diving back into family church has been for me anyway, is that whatever happens at the big C church level, the way that it gets into my family is through the functional family. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so many Christian friends that we have, a lot of times the stuff really settles in through my time with the service group or my small group, um, together. And then how does the stuff that's happening in the family make its way up into the leadership or the vision of the local congregation? It happens through the functional family. 
it's yeah. it's it, that functional family is it is the you know it's the oil in the engine you know it's really what keeps it running because if your family's over here and the congregation is over here there's just there's a divide that's there um you'd have to see the graphic but you know there's there's the big c church the functional family and then your family church but it's it's all under there and if you pull one of those out the whole mm-hmm. structure gets weaker or if you you don't have the big c church it's just the family church and you're all on your own yeah. um and so i hope you got somebody um and yeah so uh that other question um when it's a season in which um you've prayed about it you've come to the conclusion that um you'll participate in worship through uh, a, an additional service um devotions are a priority at home um as a way to make sure that you're you and your kids are on the means of grace that we don't deprive ourselves of that or our kids of that but it's a season where you can't be with with your congregational big c church and that group my thought has always been then how are we taking jesus with us and I, mm-hmm. I'm curious. I have a couple thoughts, but they're just strategic thoughts because I didn't ever. I don't live it. I'm, but yeah. I'm curious to see, from your perspective, what opportunities exist having a Christian not in church with a local congregation on a Sunday morning, but out with families at a baseball tournament, whatnot. What opportunities exist then for you yeah. in that space? So, <laughs> so. Um... I'd love to tell you I have friends that are now coming to church, but I would be lying. They're not yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, what's cool is that, um, so from my own, from let me start with my own conversations and then I'll go to Nick. Um, for my own conversations, it's an opportunity to pray with for people. Mm-hmm. So if they have something going on, I let them know that I'll pray for them. Um, the other thing is that I have also been able to encourage them to just get in their own church. You know, if they're, they'll, they'll say, well, you know, I'm, I go here and, but we don't make it very often. Um, just an encouragement to why not just go. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing too, is just in conversation then, um, well, and this has been because Nick wants to go to LPS. And that is outside the realm of understanding for everybody else. How could you send your kid away? And why would he even want to go? (laughs) And um, we gave him the option. (laughs) That's exactly it. (laughs) I I will say that. I've done a couple chapels over the years there and they've got good food. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, But in asking um, what it is, what what is that all about? And why would he want to go? And he's been able to have the option to choose. He could choose public. We gave that option to the girls too. They could go private or public um, and we'd support them either way. And so that has brought up conversation. And um, yeah, actually what's cool is I've actually bumped into people who knows Wells people or, oh yeah, I knew somebody else who went there, um, which is kind of cool. Now on Nick's point of view, what is really cool is that um, in an environment where there's a lot of yelling, and sometimes a lot of cursing from mm. coaches down. Um, he does not. And when coach is yelling and it's over the top, you can see where it, and it's not like it never affects him. It does. It does. I know it does. But um, 
he's able to roll with a lot of that stuff a lot better. And so he's, he's won a lot of awards, even though he was, he was not the best player by far. He was not the best player. He won awards for attitude and effort because he would show up. He would just show up and he would give it his best, whether it was, whether it was, you know, lights out or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so that has shown in a very quiet way that he's a Christian. And then he was in the car with one of his buddies. Uh, this is one of the ones that we were encouraging just to, you know, cool. You go to St. Martha's down the street. Awesome. That's awesome. Glad you guys go. It's cool that you're, you're getting there. And she was like, well, you don't, well, I'm like, you know, when you can go. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so he was sitting in the, in the car with his buddy and he's like, he's, they were talking and they got onto somehow about being religious. And it was like, yeah, of course. Aren't you? You go to St. Martha's. Well, I don't think I'm religious. He's like, it's just loving Jesus. You know, it was just like so matter of fact, it's just loving Jesus, you know? And so um, small things, nothing I'd love to tell you is something earth shattering, but that's the cool part. It's just the seeds, it's the mine, and now Holy Spirit gets to increase it as he will. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of those things that did for, at least for me, I think, I don't want to speak for everybody who works in a church, but um, we miss, you know, I'll affirm, we miss having you there. And there are roles that, that you guys can play that Nick can play um, that I want to make sure that I'm trying to create spaces for young people to be a part of it and that you're able to have a part and that there's functional family that's there. So I will say that, yeah, we definitely do miss people. And sometimes I think maybe the church has taken some of that for granted and we've made it about attendance and not relationship. And I can see that as a big temptation for a lot of us, you know, um, cause we, mm-hmm. we get, we get judged on numbers. We're asked to submit numbers and numbers are, are numbers. People are people. And it's too often that it can become a number, but that being said, um, so I think that there's things that we need to work on from an empathy standpoint and a, do I want to see you there? Because like you said, I care about your, your hurt ankle or, you know, how Nick is doing, uh, or am I just disappointed that there weren't more people to sing a song to or preach a sermon to, you know, yeah. I think us yeah. uh, we have to be a little bit honest about some of that, you know, and repent of it when yeah. it shows up. Um, one of the questions that I have though, is that then if, if this, so this is a reality, I'm, we're not going to, you know, pastors around the country are not going to make wait, wave, their arms or hold up the <laughs> rod of, of Moses and somehow like all, all sporting athletic stuff is going to, everybody's going to get it. Like we need to make sure that church people have a chance to go to church on Sunday morning. That's not going to happen. Cats <laughs> out of the bag. It's not coming back. Yeah. If that's our cultural reality in this time in American culture, particularly urban culture, but I think even into suburban culture, um, how, could we as the church send you out as two things, missionaries to the lost and as a functional family church where you had a chance to maybe do a 10 minute, 15 minute devotional with those people that you're, that are are willing to say, yeah, we'll open up the, the Bible for 10 minutes with you guys, you know, mm-hmm. How, what would it look like for us on the, professional church side what would it look like for us to send you out as a missionary to view you as a missionary and then to equip you with resources what resources would you want 
that maybe aren't really helpful right now that you could use in the settings that you are doing your mission work and your functional family work? You know, actually, actually, I would go back to one of the things you said before is the online service. Um, One of the easiest ways to share it is by sharing it on Facebook and saying, hey, this touched me. And I, you know, through the years now, I have the friends in the baseball group now are my friends, you know, on Facebook Mm, and I have mm -hmm. connection or I have texting where I can be like, hey, this blessed me and shoot them. Uh, you know, a reason for hope or a, a sermon or, you know, something yeah. that blessed me and, you know, where it's small form like that. It's a way to be able to share Jesus without, I guess it may be in allowing them the, the space to say, I'm not interested and I'm not having to say it to your face. So it's a little bit easier. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, I don't have to be that uncomfortable of, uh-uh. <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Right, right. So that that is nice. And that I have done, which is kind of a nice, easy way. Um, the other thing, too, is that, uh, you know, like kind of when you bet, I, I would say, like, honestly, to me, the things I think of are the things that are being offered. Small group, huge when you can go back and have that. I remember the girls wouldn't let they would not let work when they got into like high school and they had jobs. Nothing came in the way of their Wednesday night youth in Christ with uh, Chad and Cindy White. Nothing. It was Sarah would call it her oasis because mm. they were both in public high school and were being bombarded on all ends at the time. Um, it was huge on the bullying, um, which was spilling into some of the LGBTQ. And so um, they were having to answer some really hard questions. And so nothing could get in the way of that Wednesday. That was her, their, their oasis. Yeah. And they invited kids. So they get like 30 kids, even though maybe only 15 of them were from church, you know, they yeah. would, people were inviting because it was just so relaxed. It was food. It was Bible, but it was such a fun atmosphere. Yeah. So things like that, that, and like for Nick Christian day school, that's huge. It's huge. Yeah. He's coming to that baseball game, you know, and, and I know now they're 13, so they're seeing a lot of stuff. They're, you know, it's talking a lot of stuff, texting a lot of stuff. And, and he, it's almost like he's coming out of a little bubble. Yeah. Right. And so that Lutheran grade school stuff is so important. And he dearly loves our principal. They play basketball on Friday after school. So, you know, it's not just a, a, you know, we care about you. It's, we care about you and I'll spend time with, with you even outside of school, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This has been, this has been awesome. I, I know I want to, I want to watch our time together. You've got places that you got to go. I know Sean's coming by to pick you up soon. (laughs) If he's not staring at you going, are you going to wrap this up? No, he's just said he'd be a couple minutes late. I'm like, Jesus, you so have my back. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, you know, thank you for this conversation. It, um, for the people who are listening in, if you've made it all the way to the end here, you know, we we would welcome your loving comments. Um, and uh, Tanya, what I, I take away from you again is just the need for a level of empathy and understanding that that there are there are real re- people and real relationships that are involved in here, and to um, do our best to take words and actions in the kindest possible way when it comes to um, the people who have made a choice to 
participate in these things. And yet also I'm hearing from you that it is good for us to say, we miss you. Mm -hmm. Um, You have a place here and, and to share the Christian love and concern that, you know, that, that whole idea of the third commandment, I, I, it's in Ezekiel 20. And the, my paraphrase is it God's like, I gave you my Sabbath to remind you that you don't make you, I make Mm you being on that travel team is not going to make you. I make you getting that extra job and that extra bonus. Cause you worked every Sunday, but you missed church. <laughs> that doesn't make you, I make you. So, um, but it, it, I appreciate that you're, that, that there's a loving way for us to uh, be able to agree that we miss you. Don't forsake the meeting um, because it does matter. And then the next question I think is from me to you or, you know, people who are in your position, how can we as the church resource you and then encourage you as a family church and as a functional family church to think about, you know, Mike, if if the church, the church does this, if we could be able to have it this way. Hey, I've got three or four other fellow Christians who are in this. I'd love to have a resource that would allow me to just pray or some education or some training, or can I talk with a pastor and, and, and be a more effective missionary in that space so that my worship actually does happen on Sunday. It just happens on a baseball diamond ahead of time, you know? So how can we work together in this culture that we're in so that Jesus is still, we make much of Jesus for his glory, you know? So, yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for your your time uh, and and for opening up this conversation. Everybody who is listening in, thank you too for being with us. This is uh, again great questions, great conversations. Our question was, uh, what happens uh, when athletics meets Sunday worship, um, and how can we how can we talk about that? And so I I am very grateful to you, Tanya, for this conversation. Thank you, Mike. Thanks yep. for the opportunity. You're welcome. Uh, again, St. Paul's Muskego and the bridge in Muskego. That's where we host this uh, podcast. It's called Great Questions, Great Conversations. I'm Mike Westendorf, and we will see you again next time.